I suppose it's time. I got to do it at some point. Welcome into this week's very sad version of the Lockdown Corner. I am your host, Alex Brawl, and with me today, as always, my guy, Dustin. Yeah, um, look, we're only doing this podcast this week. We're both heartbroken this morning, but it's good that we're... We're amongst friends here at the Lockdown Corner, so this is, I literally titled the name of this episode Group Therapy, because that's what it's going to be. So if you're watching at home and you're frustrated just like us, comment, we will display your comments, let's just air this out, let's all feel better together, because once again, Green Bay loses 13-10 at home against San Francisco, I feel like we've done this before, and you know what, actually to start the show, and we were talking about this just before, we, I went through some box scores and looked up the most painful playoff losses. So, and there's there's a bunch of them here, which is the sad thing. In an era where we've had fought Brett Favre, who was one of the greatest ever, and Aaron Rodgers, also one of the greatest ever. To at this point, I have nine, and I could have put ten or more on here for playoff losses that just gut wrenching. I could have put more. I stuck with nine. So here's here's your list of nominees. We're gonna rank these or get your top three at the end of this once I go through these. So the nominees start in 2003. The Packers are at Philadelphia. They lose mainly because of a fourth and 20 play. Donovan McNabb hooks up with, I don't even remember who, but fourth and 20, they end up getting the first down and end up winning the game. Second nominee, Brett Favre's last game in 2008 against the Giants. They get it to overtime. Favre throws a pick, sets up the Giants for a field goal. Game over. All right, moving on. 2009. At Arizona, shootout in the desert. It's Rodgers like first, like, oh, hey, this guy, this guy's good. It's that first oh, wow moment. Final score, 51 to 45. It was the Rodgers face mask that was not called. Then there was a strip sack, return for a touchdown. That That's just the first three. And already I'm angry, especially about that last one. 2011. Coming off a first round by, they get absolutely dominated by the New York Giants, 37-20. 2013, the Kaepernick goes runs wild game where he ran for like 200 yards. Or no, I'm sorry. That was one I actually didn't include. This was a different one. This was in San Francisco, came to Green Bay. And Kaepernick ended up running, but to set up a game-winning field goal, Packers was at home again to the 49ers. 2014, we talked about this last week on the show. Can't get the onside kick. Brandon Bostic hits his face mask. He wasn't even supposed to go for the ball. Seattle wins in overtime. Okay. 2015, Packers get two Hill Marys to come all the way back, yet lose in overtime after that crazy Larry Fitzgerald play. Now, last year against Tampa, we all know how that went, and last night. So, Dustin, of those that I just listed, and if there's another one, feel free to throw it in. Rank your top three playoff losses in order. Gut wrench-wise. Yeah. This right? Is, this is painful to even think about because obviously I was at the game last night. So just like just to describe the atmosphere, like you know Lambo. It's it's hectic, yeah. it's loud. It was silent the whole way yeah. out. Like no one was talking. Like I, you know, obviously we can talk about this a little bit, but it was it was silent. So this is hard to even talk about right now. But I I, I would put uh I would put the Brett Favre's last game at Lambeau at number three. I think that one's a pretty good one. That was heart-wrenching. I remember watching that game and seeing, you know, because we, you know, that was kind of like, you know, it's kind of similar to the last night's game. You know, you kind of thought it was going to be his last game. You know, you didn't know what was going to happen. And, you know, we lost that one. Then number two, 
I'd put the Seattle game. Yep. A very winnable game. In the lead the whole game, and then we just piss it away. Yep. It's kind of similar. You can almost like kind of hand in hand put that game with like number one was last night. That would for me would yeah. be number one. You know, just seeing the atmosphere and what we had going for us, so we just pissed it away, just absolutely pissed it away. Yeah, and I'll rank mine quick. Uh, I would say last year's championship game, because I'm pretty sure that team and us at home were pretty convinced that was a Super Bowl good team, and they had opportunities and blew it to Tampa. But, I mean, it was Brady, so whatever. I get it. It hurt because we were at home, but I'll put that three. Number two, I would put the Seattle game. I think we have the same top – or, no, you had the Giants game. That one – that one's tough, too, because you're right. I would put that maybe three, three B, because that one in the Tampa game I kind of have on the same level. But maybe that's just because my heart has healed from that one over time. Mm-hmm. So I would have Seattle two, and last night, last night's got to be number one. And I guess, well, I, let's play the imaging. Let's just get into it. Wrong. What just happened? Time to roll back the tape. Here's this week's Game Rewind. All I want to know if you got your popcorn ready. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's perfect. Like, I'm just so disoriented this morning that I, I, I don't even – part of the thing that's going to be hard to do this podcast specifically is because I don't even know what to say. And, I mean, let's just go over some highlights here. Green Bay starts fast, really fast. A.J. Dillon gets into the end zone and – I don't know what you were thinking in the stadium, but in my household, I was thinking, oh, they came to play. This team looks like they are focused and ready. Well, from Adam Schefter, after that touchdown, Packers scored a touchdown in their opening possession. The 49ers didn't score an offensive touchdown all game, yet San Francisco still wins. I that, That's before I get into anything else that happened in this game. That is the first tweet of the morning, of this morning that I saw. Let's keep rolling here. Mercedes Lewis, that next drive for Green Bay, fumbles. And after that, the offense just died. Like they were, even on that second drive, they were moving the ball. It was going good. A lot of dump offs, but they were getting big chunk yardage out of it. Lewis fumbles. Take me to that moment in the stadium. Obviously you were there. Did it totally just take the crowd out of it? I wouldn't say at the time, um, you know, it was, I mean, definitely the fans knew that that one hurt, you know, we were driving the ball, you know, we thought, you know, in the stadium, you know, think, oh, they're just going to come back. They'll, they'll drive it down. We'll be okay. Well, yeah. you know, as the game kind of progressed, I'm like, oh, maybe that was a little more impactful than we thought. So yeah, it was, that was a big play in the game. Yeah. And it, you know, what's crazy. And I watched the game with my family yesterday and my mom watching it goes, oh, it's only the first quarter. Oh, in playoff games, stuff that happens in the first quarter can really linger. And ca- there's a cause and effect that happens with stuff, even first play of the game. It, I mean, we saw it yesterday in the Tennessee-Cincinnati game. First play of the game, Tannehill throws a pick. Well, that really sent Tennessee back and gave Cincinnati – well, now granted, that game came down to a field goal as well as this one. But any th- these playoff games come down to you just have to execute the entire game. So – Okay, so they went totally conservative after that. I don't understand it. So then I guess my question to you is, look, you know who they really could have used last night? Odell Beckham Jr. Because they did not have anyone other than Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones getting open. 
In fact, fun stat, Aaron Jones and Devonta Adams combined for 92% of Aaron Rodgers' passing yards. 92%. You know who could have helped that? Odell Beckham Jr. But, oh, no, we're good with what we got. Really? I mean, now, granted, you can't see an injury coming. I get that. But Alan Lazard is not an outside receiver. He's a tight end. MVS is a deep threat. Yeah, you miss that because he can pull some gravity, much like a three-point shooter in the NBA. Like, they kind of can focus their defense. But they took no deep shots. Randall Cobb was targeted once. Josiah DeGuaro was tar- targeted once. That actually turned out to be a big drop as well because that was a 15-plus yard play that just dropped. I just – this. sorry. I'm just going to apologize to you people listening on the audio-only feed because this is going to be a real tough one to get through. So just – Strap in. It's good. We're here for a long haul today. I guess my question to you is, did they miss MVS last night? Or should they have picked up Odell Beckham Jr.? Because it sure as hell felt like it watching that game last night. Nobody was open outside of Adams. I mean, no, I don't think think so. I mean, you know, we can – maybe people have the same opinion as me, but I thought Rodgers played like absolute dog shit. I thought he played horrible. I mean, it was just – it was brutal to watch him miss some of the throws. I mean, granted, you know, you expect him to make those throws, like some of the throws that he was capable of making, he missed. And then just something – like late in the game, you could just tell he just lost faith and all of the receivers because that deep shot late in the game, I think it was the last drive. Yep. Late in the game to Adams. He had Lazard wide open over the middle, literally wide open. Like, I understand he, he's your most trusted receiver, but – you just cost your team the game because you decided to try to throw in the double coverage way down the field when you could have picked up the first down and just started, started a drive, just started. Yeah. You know, and then even you look at back at that, the same drive, that illegal man down field, that's on Rodgers because he needs to get rid of the ball. It was a design run play. So that lineman's getting downfield thinking, you know, they're running the ball. Well, he doesn't know. Yeah. Like he's just, he's trying to block. So it's like, you know, you look at all these little mistakes that he made, you know, it's like, it's just like how, you know, again and again, we see Rodgers choking the playoffs. You know, at this point, you know, when people say Rodgers chokes, you know, it's hard not to believe that anymore because it seems like year in, year out, he plays bad when it matters most. Well, uh, and I, you know, I'm right there with you because for how uh, the last decade, we've heard, oh, well, Aaron Rodgers is always on the sidelines when the Packers lose. Well, really? Because that defense was lights out last night. They contained Debo. If I would have told you after the first quarter that San Francisco would have negative total yards, I think it was negative six after the first quarter, you would say, oh, we have to be up by 17 nothing for sure, especially how that first drive started. And it just, every, all the momentum from that offense was just gone. It was wild. It was like Thanos snapped his fingers, and it was gone. It was wild. I – I, oh, <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. I, this morning I feel better, but last night I was just – I couldn't believe it. So I guess we'll roll on. You talked about the double, the deep ball and the double coverage. This is so nitpicky. If Adams keeps running through that ball, he might get a pass interference. But you can't bank on that, especially in the playoffs, and that's super nitpicky. I get that. But at this point – at that point in the game too, I was just grasping for anything, any sort of hope. Or big play, just any sort of momentum changer. It just didn't come. Normally we get one big play a game, and it, it just didn't happen. And sometimes that happens. But, again, the offense set the defense down. I don't know how many times we can say that over the last decade, but the offense really, really let the defense down last night. So 
Well, and here, actually, I'm talking about big plays as I keep going down the highlights here. Right before half, Packers were ready to kneel on it, run the clock out, and head into the locker room and call it a day. Then all of a sudden, they get a gift, an absolute gift. Aaron Jones is wide open. Hit him, and he was trying to cut back. If he would have went straight, part of me is like, oh, maybe he would have had a shot. I mean, he probably still would have been short, but it would have been closer than they could take a couple shots at the end zone instead of just one. But, I mean, again, that's super nitpicky, and obviously hindsight's twenty twenty. But they get this gift, right? Okay, at least they can get a field goal. Maybe. Well, we all know special teams. Anytime that special teams unit is on the field, it gives me wild anxiety. And lo and behold, here we go again. Crosby lines up for field goal. It gets blocked. I would love to know what the stadium reaction was after that because I was too busy screaming. I didn't even hear the crowd react. Yeah, again, it went, it went literally silent for like five seconds because like we're all thinking, oh, yeah, we're going to go up by two scores before half. And, you know, we see the we see the field goal blocked. I mean, I, I had select words. And I'm oh, like, I can't, I can't believe it. I'm like, I thought, you know, we'd get in the playoffs and we could maybe, yeah, literally crying face. That's kind of what it was like. Whole yeah. I just couldn't believe it. Yeah. Just could not yeah. believe it. You'd like, you're just like, you know, really, it's like, I couldn't believe it was happening. It's like, I thought we'd have it fixed by now. I thought we'd get some different guys in, but, you know, we can talk about, you know, we might as well get in the special teams right now. And yeah, what, let's what do the it. Hell, you know, what? There, there's going to have to be a conversation happening over this offseason. I mean, we can talk about the bigger picture, but, you know, I heard this last night on WIXX, you know, the Packers talk show, and the guy who – I don't remember his name. I'm sorry to him. Mo but, uh, the yeah, coordinator? Yeah. Something like that. So he was talking about something and saying, you know, is, is it really a special teams coordinator problem? Because he's like, how many special teams coordinators are we going to go through until we realize it's not the problem? You know, it's more of a philosophy thing because they're right. You know, you look at the 49ers, they're putting Debo back to receive. You know, they're putting their best players out there because they know how important that special teams unit is. You know, they're putting their best players out there because they're like, hey, you know, these get us points. And we don't. And look, at yep. that made the difference in the game. We got our I coach, get. too. You know, you look, we got our coach. We got all, you know, all smarted, all witted, whatever you want to say. We got, we got our coach. I don't think we can talk about this game without at least – criticizing LaFleur a little bit. And I think he deserves a lot more than a little bit. Let's be honest. Look, his thing is offense. That offense disappeared. That first drive was beautiful. It was like, oh, as we said earlier, oh, here we go. And then it just disappeared. And after the game, LaFleur said, I need to be more involved in special teams. Well, too late now. Yeah, well, it doesn't matter. Year. Today on January 23rd, it does not matter. It is over. We are sitting at home now. It's, it's over. So, oh, I need to be more involved. Cool. That does not, that does nothing for your team or your fans today because it's over. And, of course, I mean, of course, that this game, the only way San Francisco scores the entire game, of course it's special teams. Of bleeping course it is. Because why, why, why wouldn't it? That was, I mean, look, you can say – you specifically, Dustin, can say I was at a historic game because I went to the game where they the worst historic special teams put on a all-time worst performance. So if you get to say anything from that game, I guess you get to say that. But I just that the long snapper got absolutely blown up on that block punt. 
Like, there was nobody even around to help him. And also, and I, look, I don't know the ins and outs of punting because why would anyone necessarily know the ins and outs of punting? So if you're a punter watching, please comment. If, if my question to you, punter expert, did Bajorquez take a long time to get that ball off too? It was a little snap. Fair, but it felt like he took like an extra step or two. It's like, would you get rid of the flipping ball? Even if it's 10 yards, just get rid of it. And it just, it didn't happen. Yeah, it was, I don't, again, it's just the whole philosophy we have behind our special teams right now. It's just, it's just warning to all children in the room. I'll give you three seconds to cover your ears of what I'm going to say. Ear muffs, kids. Three, two, one. It was fucking pathetic. And that the fact that we can let so many shit get blocked in one game and let the 49ers, every kick and punt return, get like 20 yards. It is completely unacceptable and it literally cannot happen. I, again, like there's going to have to be a huge conversation happening. Granted, you know, I I don't think that anything needs to be said besides there's going to be a rebuild in this team and it's going to be years before we come back to this point again. And, I mean, that's why this game was so big is because we knew this. Like, it's literally was said before the season last dance, like, this is our last season to be good, whatever, for a couple of years. And this is the showing we get, you know, to pack out the crowd. Like, there was, like, 79,361 79, people there, I think, to get yeah. the stadium that packed and to perform that bad is absolutely pathetic. Just pathetic, and it cannot happen. You are professionals in the sport to play so piss poor on offense defense, hats off to Joe Barry. He played, he had a fantastic scheme, was ready for it. And I mean, at the end of the game, I didn't even blame him for letting him get in the field goal range. Like, you did great the whole game. It's like, you can't expect him to play great the whole game. Yeah. And they just didn't play well when it really mattered, which, you know, it's like, you look at offense, we could have scored how many times, and you look at the block punt, you look at, you know, getting in, you know, the Mercedes Lewis fumble, you know, just how many times we had the ball and did nothing with it. Just pissed away a drive. Yeah. I, look, and A.J. Dillon got hurt in that game, and I truly believe that, I mean, granted, it was sec- early second half or mid-second half, whatever it was, the loss of A.J. Dillon, especially late in that game, just to get hit. Look, anytime he gets the ball, he can push for an extra yard or two. And at that point, with the offense struggling, God almighty, do they need it. Aaron Jones just isn't that type of back, and that's totally fine. He is amazing for what he actually – I mean – mid-round pick out of UTEP, like, that's amazing. Like, I'm not blaming Aaron Jones at all. He had an incredible game, actually. Of the offense, him and Adams were the only one that showed up. Again, 92% of Rodgers' passing yards. And we'll get to the future conversation at the end. I do want to talk about that at the end here. And, look, at this point, I don't even know what else we can really say. The defense was outstanding. Rashawn Gary, you get my game ball. Like, I, we normally don't do a segment game balls, but Rashawn Gary gets my game ball. He was absolutely incredible. That fourth and one where San Francisco – it was still 10-3 at this time. San Francisco went for it. Rashawn Gary stuffed him. He beat his man very quickly, and then it was like, come to daddy. And he just wrapped up Elijah Mitchell, and that was it. And then I'm think, at that point, I'm thinking, okay, that was the game. There's, I think there was six minutes left. I'm thinking, okay, drive down kick a field goal, now it's a two-score game, you should be fine. And, of course, that was, again, how many times this season have I personally, and I know on this show, but me specifically have complained, it's, you know, third and eight, why are we going for a 60-yard bomb? Just get the first down. There's no reason 
no reason whatsoever to throw a long ball there. And again, now they didn't show it on TV. I saw a lot on Twitter and now talking to you. If Lazard was wide open, they didn't show it on TV, so I had no idea. If that is the case, I I just – look, he's the, one of the greatest to ever do it, and it's really hard to question him. But there have been a lot of times this year specifically where we can question him, whether that's on or off the field. That is a fact. Whatever, whatever you feel about Aaron Rodgers, there have been question marks. And sometimes the off-the-field stuff leads into the game. And maybe that was the case last night. But I don't understand. Look, I get it. He's so good. He probably feels like he's Superman. Why wouldn't he? Another MVP season. But essentially, because at the very end, when you just need to move the chains, and look, there was a lot of stuff that happened. It's not just this last drive. But as an example, this last drive, pick up first downs, milk the clock, get three, at least three. You took a home run shot into double coverage. And, and Troy Aikman on the broadcast said, oh, well, he was tricked there because the safety, the one of the other safeties came all the way across the field, so he didn't see it. Okay, fine. I guess I don't understand enough to say that that's BS or not. So if they disguised it and he missed it, whatever. Bleep happens. I get it. But I just – it's really tough to swallow knowing how good he is and then watching him in a big spot – just disintegrate and it wasn't just him but I thought the offensive line for the most part I mean that's a really tough front seven that San Francisco has so we shouldn't I will give credit to San Francisco because their defense played really well after that first drive they sure they gave Green Bay opportunities but for the most part they were pretty solid overall so the offensive line did a decent job Rodgers didn't run at all I don't think he had one single scramble which I thought was odd and he had an opportunity, I think, twice. And once he got caught by Nick Bosa, and the other one, I believe Eric Armstead caught him from behind. So it was technically a sack, even though he didn't really lose anything. It's just, man, I really do believe. Now, if you want, I don't. do you have any other thoughts on this game? I think we pretty much covered everything. Yeah, we, we kind of covered everything. Yeah. So I guess we can get into more of a big picture thing. So this according to Adam Schefter. The Packers now head into this offseason projected to be $44.8 million over the salary cap. The NFL's second most challenging offseason position only behind the New Orleans Saints. This is before they even attempt to re-sign or tag Pro Bowl receiver Devontae Adams. Major decisions loom. Again, that is from Adam Schefter of ESPN. So I guess the question I ask you is where do we go from here? I, Because I, you mentioned it earlier, I'm right there with you. I think a rebuild is coming, but I'll let you talk first because I got a lot of thoughts on this. Yeah, rebuild. You know, there's no other thing to be said. You know, obviously, you know, we, we can talk about, you know, Rodgers and kind of what we think about him right now. And I think, you know, I know it's this may be bad to say, but I think it's time to move on. I really do. I, I'm there with you. So I want to hear your side of this because, you know what, I think I might be there with you. Because, you know, you think in the beginning of the season how everything in the offseason started. He started, he talked about philosophy. Okay, he talked about, you know, just playing the game, beating himself. Okay, maybe if this is the real you, if it's going to affect you down the road of playing the game, you know, being who you are as a quarterback, then, you know, what's the point of having you here? If you're not going to win the big game over and over and you're going to talk about philosophy, but then 
you know, you guys come out and play like that and your philosophy is what to lose, to lose the big game every year. Like, is that your philosophy? You know, if, if this is what you put a big stink about to play like that in that kind of a game, you know, honestly leave. Uh, and yes, that, that is part of the argument. Uh, I would say at this point, is it better for both parties? Truthfully, because if he might want to retire and that's his prerogative. We, we don't know. But if he wants to play, would it benefit both sides to just say move on? Because, look, Green Bay dealt with a lot of headaches off the field between his COVID comments. And, again, we're not having a political conversation, but it was a, it was a storm. It was a talking point in the NFL that did not involve football at all. It was simply just him voicing his opinions. And, of course, media nowadays spins that. So then it's in the 24-hour news cycle. So they had to deal with that. They had to deal with his divaness early in spring before the draft, all through summer. And then eventually he was here. So does it benefit? And look, his value, trade value, is never going to be higher at this point than it is right now. He's probably going to win MVP. So you're talking about two-time back-to-back MVP, four-time MVP overall on the trade market. I bet you someone would be willing to pay first three or more first-round picks. So if that's the case... I mean, if you're going for a rebuild anyway, and he doesn't, he said last night, he does not want to be a part of a rebuild. And I don't blame him. He's going to be 38 years old next year. He only has so many more bites at the apple. Like, I get it. Like, yeah, you don't want to be part of a rebuild. You, it, it's just time. Like, that's just all it is. It's what it comes down to. You don't have enough time for a rebuild. And that's fine. I just, I really think if you're watching at home right now or listening on the podcast feed at a later time, just buckle up because I think next year is going to be the start of the Jordan Love era. And look, I, we have no idea what he is yet, but with a full training camp with the number ones and who this is the other thing too. If they decide that they're not going to take Adams because they don't have the money to, now we're looking at a receiving core of what? EQ. I, I don't even know Randall Cobb's contract. MVS maybe for one year. Tanyan will be back. Okay, and I guess this is part of it too. There's going to be a forty-four million is a big number to try and get under. So it wouldn't shock me if Aaron Jones is gone. It wouldn't shock me if Zadarius Smith is gone. It wouldn't shock me if Preston Smith is gone. And they do have to keep some of these guys. They can't like Jair Alexander. I would re-sign him tomorrow because that's at least is a foundational piece to your defense. But moving forward here. It kind of benefits both sides just to say, you know what? Thank you, Aaron, for all, for all the memories, good or bad. Thank you for the championship. But for both sides, it might just be time to move on. And I just – that's just the nature. You know, sometimes – like with McCarthy, everyone was like – I was a McCarthy defender until the end. Sometimes you just reach a point where it's time for a change. He's never his personality has never really fit the blue collar nature of this town. And I look, I mean, nobody is. Green Bay is a very special place, and truthfully, we've had thirty years of great quarterbacking. My entire life, it's either been Brett Favre or Aaron Rodgers. That's a pretty good, well, except for the one season of Brett Hundley. But other than that, it's been a really good run for Green Bay. And it's just it might just be time to move on for both sides, and that's nobody's fault. It's just Green Bay right now can jumpstart their entire rebuild by getting three first-round picks. And we know that they're pretty decent at drafting, even if the fans at home are like, why would you take that guy? 
they have a track record. Eric Stokes was pretty awesome this year for a rookie, especially when Alexander went out. He was there. He was pretty good. They have a track record of finding these guys. So to get three first round picks, it's pretty good. And then, I mean, obviously if Rogers isn't here, Adams will probably follow him. So I don't know if you could work out some sign of, I know in basketball, you can do sign in trades. I don't know if you could necessarily do that in the NFL, but if you could sign Adams to a, a deal or whatever and then flip him for something. or I, Can you trade people on a franchise take? I guess I never considered that. Is that a thing that happens? I'm not entirely sure, honestly. I don't know. I've never actually thought about it, but if you franchise take him and then try and flip him, I mean, that's an odd. Trade him to that same place. I just – and Sean, thank you for tuning in. Giants make a lot of sense to me. And plus, I mean, they don't have a ton around it, though the draft picks will actually probably be pretty decent. But I guess is he doesn't want to go to a rebuild. Are the Giants rebuilding? I guess if they have him, they're going to be decent. But I, I, I guess I still like Dallas in that division, even if he's there. I just – at this point, it might just be time to go. And I know I've said it like six times now, but I'm just kind of at a loss. I don't really know what to say other than to repeat myself. I, yeah. It might just be time. I agree. I think it's just time for him to go. You know, obviously, like we can all say, you know, he's uh, he obviously was a crucial part to our success this past one years. And obviously, like you said, you know, we'll, we'll always enjoy the you know the, the moments we had with him. You know, all the success, everything. But like, yeah, it's, I think it's just a mutual agreement that just to part ways. You know, either you know whether even he decides to go retire, you know, and just spend time with his wife, start a family, whatever, just fall in reality, whatever the case may be. You know. Just, I don't, I don't think you know. Long term, now it's in the, with the Packers, especially after the whole fiasco this year. Then seeing the outcome, you know, it's like how how can you as an organization go back and say, yeah, you know, we want we want to keep him with what money though? You know, like we talked about, with what money are we going to pay him? Yeah. You know, like you said, we're we're going to have to face reality of there's no way we can resign him, Adams, keep Jones on his contract, resign MVS, Tanyan. You know, Zedarius Smith, Campbell, Douglas. Yeah. I mean, the list goes on and on and on of people that are going to be free agents and we're not going to be able to pay them. Yeah. So this is, you know, it's it's a real problem where it is a rebuild because we're so far in debt, like so far under the cap or over the cap, excuse me, that, you know. I wish we were that far under the cap. My God. Yeah, I wish. If we're sorts of million, we wouldn't be having this conversation. We're like, oh, yeah, yeah we're going to come back. We know this is. This is the situation we're in, and, you know, it's just we're going to have to find a way to get rid of it. I think Aaron Jones will be one of the first ones to go yep. because he has such a big contract as a running back, and we have A.J. Dillon. There's no reason yep. to keep him. So yeah, you have that You have that insurance policy. You, don't, you do not need a $44 million running back on your payroll when you have a cheap insurance policy. Yeah, so it's 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 going to get ugly. I'm, I'm telling you, this summer is going to be brutal, yep. seeing some of these guys go, some of the big pieces that we all love. I would advise a lot of people start throwing their jerseys away. Yeah, and maybe I, you know, please, I hate when fans burn jerseys. Like when LeBron, look, I'm a Heat fan. And truthfully, I saw this coming. You know, you look at other sports too. I think this is another, just reading the tea leaves. When the Cubs, they won in 2016. I'm a giant Cubs fan. The next, what, four years? 2017, they got to the, the championship series, lost before the World Series. The next year, it's it's it, they peaked in 2017, and then it just slowly started coming down. And then they just this past summer sold everyone off. They traded everybody. 
in Miami. LeBron was there 2012, 2013. 2014, they lose to the Spurs. Everyone's gone. And then they had Dion Waiters for four seasons. I mean, it's just – this is the nature of how it goes. Green Bay, I mean, they really peaked last year. Last year was probably the year to do it. This year's team, I thought, maybe could have been better. Uh, but even the guys coming back, Bakhtiari didn't play. We thought he would. He didn't. Zadarius Smith and Jair Alexander combined. only really, They only played 27 snaps combined. So they weren't really factors. Although Zadarius Smith, I was so happy he got a sack in his first play. And then he just was on the sidelines. So it just – from what and again, football might be different. But watching other sports and watching my teams go through kind of cycles – this just feels like the Packers are on the back end, and a, a rebuild's coming. So you said it. I'm going to say it here too. If you're watching this, just buckle up because March and April and May and June they're going to suck, and then it's going to be okay, and we're going to have a little hope in training camp. Oh, Jordan Love, this will be fun. And then come October, November, December, it's going to suck again because they're look. The reality is, best case scenario, Rodgers in his first season taking over as a starter was six and ten. If we can go six and eleven with Jordan Love last year or next year, cool, I guess. But I think that's the reality we have to look at. And I don't know that it's going to be as bad as the seventies Packers, where they were just trash for the whole decade. I don't know if it's going to be that bad. But look, we know that LaFleur is a good coach. He had a really, really bad game. That's hopeful. You know, you have a GM now that's willing to spend in free agency when he has the money. And he's hit on a couple draft guys. That's also hopeful. Jordan Love could be really good. I don't think he, no one's going to be Aaron Rodgers or Brett Favre, let's be real. But even if he's Kirk Cousins and you have a GM that can develop and bring some guys along and go sign a couple impact guys, okay. that Okay, now you have something. And Jordan Love may be awful. He might be Ryan Leaf or Jamarcus Russell. We have no idea. And if he is, well, then we wait for the next guy. That's just – it's where we're at these days. So, I guess, Dustin, do you have any notes or anything on the past game, futures, or anything you want to say before we wrap up here on the show? I think we kind of covered it all. Just, yeah, like you said, buckle up, be ready. Yeah, a lot of stuff's going to be going on. And just hope for the future. But that's all we can do. Yeah. And as of right now, the future doesn't look bright. And to quote the Dark Knight movie, it, this the night is always darkest just before the dawn. So, it's going to get real dark here. Um, but I mean, Hey, if you're grasping at straws, I just, you know, changes are coming and that's fun and exciting. New things are always exciting. I just don't know how exciting this is going to be. So this is the show for the week. Uh, we're not going to do one on Wednesday. Like we normally do. Um, we both were pretty heartbroken by last night. Obviously Dustin, you were there. That's even, that adds that extra element of heartbreak. So this is the show for the week. So where you can find this will be on YouTube. You can find it on Facebook. Make sure you subscribe to both of those places. Follow us there for updates. We will be back next week after the championship round. But, yeah, this week, this is this is the show. And you know what, Packer fans? It's okay to be disappointed because I can tell you the people at 12, 1265 Lombardi Ave are disappointed too. And it, it's okay to feel bad today. I know – a lot of people that don't care that live in this area are just like, well, it's whatever. It's just a game. It doesn't affect your life. That's true. I mean, it doesn't really affect me in any way other than I'm sad today. But it, it's okay to feel disappointed today. I just, that's my general PSA. 
But anyway, that's the show for the week. Uh, disappointing loss at home to San Francisco yet again. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for your support all season. Yes, we'll be back, but obviously in February after the Super Bowl, we'll probably take a little bit of a hiatus before all the draft and free agency starts. Uh, we have yet to kind of go over that, but just as a heads up to you, the viewer or listener. So make but make sure you stay tuned. Tune into our Facebook page. That's where we post most of our information. YouTube. You can follow the audio only feed on Apple and Spotify, Apple Podcasts, that is, and Spotify. Thank you for your support and all of the nice comments on our hype video. Again, I know I said that in like three different places this week, but again, thank you for your love and support there. Uh, I think as of this morning, we were at like almost 30,000 views. So again, thank you for that support. Yeah, it it was a tough one and it's okay to feel bad today, but that's going to do it for us this week. Enjoy the game. We are recording on Sunday, so enjoy the games today. Personally, I think I'm rooting for the Bills or the Bengals going forward here. Uh, just someone new. I don't really want to. If the, I it, just as long as it's not San Francisco, get out of my life, Niners. I don't. I don't know. Go away. I'm tired of you. And on that note, always and forever, even though it stings a little bit today, as we say goodbye here, as always. Go